sons of God mentioned in the scripture. Particularly, we are looking for huios, the word for mature sons in Greek, that refer to human beings. Spoiler alert, there are seven. Have you ever heard that before? I haven't. Woohoo! This is Jesus, the patterned son, an attempt to give you sonship doctrine that is faithful and fulsome, which is to say a go at it that's biblical and orderly. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so glad you could be back and study the word of God with me. So as we promised last time, we're going to Look into what the scripture says about sons of God, meaning humans. And we'll start with the New Testament and so work in Greek. I'm amazed that I've never heard a sermon like this. And I believe I've found eight instances. Interesting for those of you who like numerology. But let's come before the word in a relaxed fashion and let it teach us okay I'm not going to share this with you with elegance and eloquence and wisdom or preaching style but in humility and with eyes to discover and a heart to see God yes okay so let's start with Matthew fifth chapter the ninth verse. And I will read this first in the authorized King James translation and then the New American Standard translation. And then I'll look at the Greek and see if I can draw anything else out from the Greek. We'll go in order that we find these verses in the New Testament. So Matthew 5 and verse 9, we're in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. In the New American Standard, Matthew 5 and 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Okay, so in the Greek, sure enough, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Ireno ton poi, hoti autu huioi theu. Clay they son tie. So they shall be called the sons of God. And we talked about huios is mature son or flat son. Whereas often we can get children, meaning babies, napios, children in training, paideon, or youth, teenagers, hovenus, was just technon. But in this case, huios. And when we talk about mature son, Jesus. Huios is used. In this case, Jesus is speaking and he's talking about people who are peacemakers. Sons of God will be called. All right. And then just a little ways on, Matthew 5 and 45. So still in the Sermon on the Mount, leading up to our favorite scripture, Be Therefore Perfect. Okay, Matthew 5 and 45 in the authorized, 
Well, in fact, let me start in 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth the rain on the just and the unjust. Matthew 5, 44 and 45 in the New American Standard. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, in order that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Okay, so looking at the Greek, of course, there's always wonderful things here. Eulogete, bless or good saying to people. Kalos poete, so well doing. Prosyux esthave, so pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. So that ye may be. This is hotogene. So that she may be. So I am not going to argue with Barry here. I've got the Barry interlinear. I'm wondering if this geneste would be, so you might become. But I'm going to defer to the true Greek scholar. So that she may be sons of your father who is in the heavens. And in 48, we have esesthei un humes teleoi, shall be therefore ye perfect, he renders. So this is a different to be verb. So be ye therefore translated. Okay, so clearly we've got here. First we've got peacemaker, then we've got those who are loving even to the persecutors. Okay. You know, in all the preaching on sons of God I've ever heard, I haven't heard these scriptures preached. Except, of course, once when I preached it, but <laughs> in, in Matthew 5. But this seems like it's not very glamorous. Or it's something we knew. But anyway, let's not forget it. Luke 20 and verse 36. So Jesus is answering the question about whose wife and whose husband will they be after they die. And Jesus says, Luke 20 and 36, Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Okay. So let's go to a more modern version. Okay, so let's start a little further back. 34, Luke 20 and 34. And Jesus said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, for neither can they die any more. For they are like the angels, and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed, etc. Okay, so we've got huioi, 
we've got in 33, the sons of this age, oi huioi, to ionios, tutu. Okay, so I'm not counting that in the eight, because these are sons of this age and not sons of God, right? So flat sons. And then later on in verse 36, huio estin tu theo. Okay, the resurrection sons being. Okay, so you've even got huioi twice in 36, which is going to mess up my eight. Okay, so equal to angels, are they? And sons are of God of the resurrection, sons being. Huioi. So we gather from this scripture that these people have attained unto the resurrection from the dead and they are sons of the resurrection. We'll have to put this on our do list to study the resurrection because we know that there is a resurrection of the dead sinners <laughs> and there are philosophical arguments why ontologically selfhood must be ongoing and not temporal. And so what does Jesus mean here? So assuming that all scripture is of a piece, we will have to do some more study. But anyway, we do see here that we have sons of God are the sons of the resurrection. Yes, that makes sense since our pattern son is resurrected. Okay. And we don't experience total resurrection yet, do we? So, okay, <laughs> we need to attain to it. Which then very felicitously brings us to our next scripture, Galatians 3 and 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Okay. Galatians 3 and 26. Let's go back to 25. You're familiar with this argument. If not, please do read Galatians. It's not a long book. It's a very pivotal book. It's very necessary in the conversations and arguments within the household of faith today. Chapter 3 and 24. Therefore, the law, Paul is talking about the Mosaic law, has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. Verse 25. But now that faith has come, and we are no longer under a tutor. 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 27. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. 29. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And let's keep reading, because this is all one argument, you know, the chapter headings that were not put in by Paul. And so our next verse is going to be 
Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6. Let's keep reading from where we are. Okay, 4 and 1 is, Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. So also we, when we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our heart, crying, Abba, Father. Oh, wow. Lots there. Okay, so looking at the Greek here, in Galatians 3.26, For all the sons of God, ye are through faith, pistios. Okay, that's huios, theu, este. The ates, pistios. Okay? Okay, and going on in 4 and 1, we've got Napios. Now I say, for as long as time the heir, Napios Esten, okay, is an infant. And in verse 3, when we were Napioi, under the elements of the world. In verse 4, when he talks about his son, Ton Huion Autu, Okay, so Jesus is characterized as huion, or son, mature son. Okay, and we've got adoption, huiothesian. Okay, so clearly we've got that huios word in that adoption word, and we'll deal with that list in a little bit later. That those under the law he might ransom, that adoption we might receive, we might receive as apolabaomen. Okay, so there are two words for receive, at least two in Greek. One is this root, labo, which means to receive, like to take, like if you gave me a Christmas gift, I would take it in my hand and rip off the wrapping paper, okay? Another one is to receive, like if you sent me your friend and said, please receive my friend, I would accept that friend's coming, I might just have coffee at the coffee shop with him, okay? So that's a more passive reception than lombano, lombano is to take. Okay, so we might receive, but it, it's a gift, but we are active in the reception of that gift. Okay, verse 6, but because you are sons, send forth God the Spirit of his Son into the hearts your. Okay, so we've got you are sons, huioi, and then God sent forth his Spirit of his Son, huio. And verse 7, so no longer thou art bondman, but huios, a son, and if a son, also an heir of God through Christ. Okay, so clearly we've got the huios established, but notice the argument. 
Paul is contrasting babies and sons who no longer are under a tutor. Well, I would think that it would be the school-aged child who the tutor is leading to school, which would be the paideon. And why doesn't he contrast paideon and technon? Why doesn't he contrast kids who have to go to school and teenagers? No, he's contrasting napios, babies, and huios, mature sons. And he's pushing this to the nth degree. This is his argument that we are sons of God like Jesus because the Spirit of God, we know this because the Spirit of God is in our hearts crying, Abba, Father, Daddy. It's a very interesting argument. It's a very important argument. It's a central argument to the understanding of the Christian faith. But we don't appear to be manifesting all of the resurrection as Jesus does now. So how can we understand this? I think we need to understand it in two ways. One, we need to affirm and be taught by Paul and not be bewitched and try to get to sonship through the elemental things of the world or through some law set. And certainly if we're going to have a law set, let's use the Mosaic law and not some newly concocted and ever-changing thing. But still, still, that is not what Paul is saying. It's saying that we have been given this gift that Jesus has, Jesus Christ has ransomed us, past tense. And so we have received it actively, yes, received it, and therefore we are sons. And he uses the word mature sons in the same sentence with using that word with Jesus. So, oh, how can we understand this? Uh, can we say positionally? Can we say proleptically? The now and the not yet. This is not fully manifested, but we have it just in the same way I might have the title to the family property and get uh, need to go to the bank to, to or, or to the estate to take possession. Well, we will leave that there and press on. Okay, but I truly encourage you to read Galatians. Please do not throw it out of your Bible. Because without it, you should go back to being a Jew. <laughs> okay, this is the center of what Paul preached and the difference that the revelation that Paul carried made. In one way, you could say he pushes his argument to the nth degree right here. But you see how it is central to Christianity. And it is a spur to our belief and our growth. Okay, so the next one is Hebrews 2 and verse 10. Hebrews verse 2. In verse 10, let's start in 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. 
For it became him for whom all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. And then she quotes the Old Testament psalm. Okay, so again in more modern translation, Hebrews, second chapter, starting in verse 9, let's read through 11. But we do see him, meaning Jesus, who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Which is actually a fine translation. We don't have to speak Elizabethan English. Okay, that's, that's actually more faithful to the Greek. 10. For it was fitting for him for whom are all things and through whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to perfect the author of their salvation through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one father for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So here is this great hope, this central promise, when we started to talk about sonship, that we could be the brothers of Jesus. But there is much here that we must not overlook, and perhaps has been overlooked, okay? That Jesus sanctified us through tasting death for us. Hmm. Okay, that's what it says. And if you want more on this, please go for yourself and read Hebrews 9. And this is why I'm doing this in this manner. This is why I'm doing this discussion in this manner, doing a study of the Bible, because I want you to see it yourself and not to be dazzled by wonderful eloquence or slight of hand or intimidation, okay? You need to understand what's in the Bible, okay? So let's see what we can see by going to the Greek, Hebrews too. And by the way, you can do this. Yes, I studied Greek, but you know what? I bought this berry interlinear long before I went to Greek class. Greek class helps, but you can do so much. You don't have to take anyone's word for it. Get some books. So let me just read the interlinear English, right? Because, you know, Greek is in a little different order than English is. So here we go, nine. Nine starts in the middle of a sentence with a but. So the sentence, as Barry understands it, starts up in eight. For in subjecting to him all things, nothing he left to him unsubject new sentence. But now, not yet do we see to him all things subjected. Aha! The now and the not yet. Verse 9. But who little some than the angels was made lower. We see 
Jesus, some little, so could be for a little while, Jesus, on account of the suffering of death, with glory and with honor crowned, said that by the grace of God for everyone, or possibly everything, he might taste death. Oh, that's interesting, because we always wonder about the release of the creation. So, for everything could be rendered here. Verse 10, For it was becoming to him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, many sons to glory bringing. Huios. The leader of their salvation through sufferings to make perfect. So this is the military archagon. So for captain, archon, ruler over in a military sense. But Barry translates leader rather than captain. So many sons to glory bringing the leader of their salvation through sufferings to make perfect. For both he who sanctifies and those sanctified are all one. Of one are all, for which cause he is not ashamed, brethren, Adelphus, them to call, saying, I will declare thy name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to thee. And so here, Priscilla is quoting Psalm 22 and 22. Okay? So, I strongly urge you to read Hebrews for yourself. And no chapter is more important to those of us who have been trained in the kind of sonship doctrine that I grew up in would be Hebrews 9. Okay. I didn't do this in order because now we have to go back to a Romans. But be that as it may, Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 19. Well, I apologize. I meant to do these in order, but oh well, Romans 8 is the crescendo, isn't it? So Romans 8, 14, the authorized version. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans 8.14 in the New American Standard. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Interestingly, we've got a footnote cross-reference to verse 6 of the same chapter. For the mind that's set on the flesh is death, but the mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace. Okay, sure. Okay. And Romans 8 and 14 in Greek. Yes, we've got huioi, theu. For as many as by Spirit of God are led, these are the sons of God. These are esteem sons of God. Yes, okay. And then 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly 
for the revealing of the sons of God. For the earnest expectation of the creation, the revelation of the sons of God awaits. Humon to Theu. Okay. And revelation apocalypsine. Okay. We have firmly established, at any rate, that there are sons of God. We see that those who are in Christ, who have been clothed with Christ, are sons of God in Galatians. And yet here in this great crescendo, both we know by Paul, we know that Galatians and we know that Romans are written by the same hand. We know this. And here we see this great crescendo. We see first that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God which seems to me to be contingent on human participation. And then we see that what is clearly future, that the creation waits for the manifestation or the revealing. And, and this apocalyptic word is used for the sons of God. Interestingly, let's, let's go back to verse 17 in Romans 8. And if children then heirs, and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So we do see some suffering here, but this sounds much more like Matthew 5, the persecution, the love and persecution. This is very much in connection with being part of Christ and not some manufactured synthetic difficulties or of submitting to some rule set or some people or giving up and certainly not giving up once being led by the Spirit. Okay, so that's about the extent of it, but I do want to mention to you that sons of God in terms of humans humans being referred to also comes up in Hosea 1 and 10 it shall be said unto them ye are the sons of the living God and Jesus quotes that about himself he is finding authority to say that he is the son of God and uses this when he's talking with his detractors also I want to mention the adoption, because the word adoption has huios in it. And so that shows up in Galatians 5 and 4, Romans 8 and 15, Romans 8 and 23, Romans 9 and 4, Ephesians 1 and 5. And so we have quite a few verses that would suggest that humans can be sons of God in some way similar to Jesus, who, let's admit, is the uniquely begotten Son of God, John 3 and 16, no question. And any hope that we have of being sons of God is because we are in Christ, we are clothed with Christ, we have been ransomed by Jesus the Christ. Yes, we've got that straight, I hope. Okay, woohoo! So that's what I have to say. I am commending the study of scriptures to you. Please put your eyes on your scriptures 
in private quiet so you can see and ask the Lord to reveal it to you. We'll also simply mention that perfection. Okay, also I want to mention that so often in these discussions we talk about perfection and there are two places where we could talk about perfection from Matthew 5 and 48 and Philippians 2 and verse 15 and Lord willing we will talk about them very soon thank you so much please do share this with interested people please pray for me I pray for you since we have to use the social media platforms and so forth, it's great if you leave me a five-star rating on iTunes. Therefore, more people can find it. I bless you. May the Lord be with you. May you be close to the Lord. May you be able to hear and follow his leading and live up to all the great things that God has and wishes for you. Amen. Amen.